Advanced specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care developed groundbreaking minimally invasive techniques to treat fibroids, endometriosis, and other GYN conditions. In response to growing concerns over the coronavirus, CIGC now offers e-visits. We know GYN conditions don't stop affecting your life. CIGC wants to be here for you as you seek options to find relief from debilitating gynecologic symptoms such as abnormal bleeding and pelvic pain. With telemedicine options now available, book a consultation at InnovativeGYN.com or call 888-SURGERY. That's InnovativeGYN.com or 888-SURGERY. Time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster, and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet Waterhouse. Oh, brother! How are you, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, killer comedian and writer, Blaine Kapatch. We're going to be talking to Blaine in a second. First, let me thank the folks that sponsor this podcast for real. All things comedy. It's like a place where you get, ah, just Google it and you never have to worry about laughing again. We got Advice Corner and Fiery Four and Pop Quiz. A great show. And as always, before we get to my guest, Blaine Kapatch. Time for the Waterhouse Update, brought to you by Migraine, the all-natural headache pill made from wheat. NFL Packers, like a busboy trying for a career change. They just keep coming at you. Since he beats the Jets, New York coach Adam Gase speechless, which is an improvement in personality. Guys flattered in crepes. Steelers dump the Browns like ballast off a sinking Italian cruise ship. Cowboys lose. Jason Garrett is getting less support than your grandma's boobs. Don't want to say it's tense in Dallas. But Jerry Jones hired his own defibrillator guy. Steelers, she's great. The Browns, Cleveland now has a 5-7 and seven record, but a 10-2 and two ego. New England and Houston, who even cared? Oh, wait, New England lost? That's got to sting. That wrap-up brought to you by Shirt Tales, the Broadway musical about the life of a flannel shirt in the 90s. College football. Bama loses Auburn like a fat German in a hot tub. They just keep coming at you. Ohio State spanks Michigan. Worse than a Japanese businessman at a Dutch brothel. Badgers stomp Minnesota. Several gophers rush to Walleye Memorial Hospital where they were treated for shattered dreams and released. Utah clinches Pac-12 South. Celebration was like my taxes, a sea of red. South Florida fires Charlie Strong. Mizzou fires Barry Odom. Boston College fires Steve Adazio. They are all the leading candidates for each other's jobs. That wrap-up sponsored by Crime Scene Tape. Make any room more tantalizing with Crime Scene Tape. NBA Atlanta average losing margin 30 points. You've heard of a nut allergy? The Hawks have a net allergy. Come on, people. College hoops. Stephen F. Austin beat Duke. I'm guessing, well, it was him and four other guys, but still, that's a big upset. And finally, this week in sports history, the year 1653, the place England, a runner, reportedly covered the 20 miles from St. Albans to London in 90 minutes. Only then 
Did he realize his tickets to the beheading were for the following week? Ouch. That's got to sting. That Waterhouse Update brought to you by Champion Sips. The locker room champagne just made for spraying. Now, finally, it's talk time. My guest today, great comic and writer, Twitter-wise guy. Uh, you know him from so many things, and I'm telling you, including at midnight. Blaine Kapatch. Blaine, how are you today? I'm fine, Chad. How are you? Thanks oh, for having man. me. You look fantastic. I always guess the athletic body type of my guest. You look like a croupier. But at, like, Monte Carlo, you look like a high-end uh, guy who disappoints people out of their money. That's <laughs> uh, Well, you know, uh, uh, when you said croupier, I thought you just meant uh, you were talking about my hacking cough earlier. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but now, oh, yeah, yeah, the, the guy at the, uh, the table with the green sleeves and the yeah, visor. Yeah, yeah and that- he, just, he just scrapes up the dice with that, uh, that ice pick-looking thingy. And then they're the, the whatever the money. I think he takes money, and I think he takes your soul with that thing. He just scrapes it right in. I think your soul is in, is encased in the chips, isn't it? Well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> certainly the way I play. Now, do you gamble? Uh, no, only when I go to Yoshinoya. Uh, really? Yeah. That's uh, yeah. That is a fifty-fifty shot. Yeah, real, well, yeah, it's a sh- I think shot's the key word there. <laughs> uh, no, I'm kidding. I've never been to no- Yoshinoya. Oh well, they're off the hook. <laughs> You know, I don't gamble. I've been to Vegas a few times. I'm not a gambling guy. What do you do in Vegas if you're not gambling? Because uh, eventually they draw you there. They don't even have a. They don't even need alarm clocks in the rooms there because the carpets are so loud. <laughs> you just stay awake. You lie awake. You know, I got a. I have a tumor from secondhand smoke from walking on one of those carpets in Vegas. And now, could they tell that that's where the tumor was from? So they were able. They were able to ID the. The it tumor. Was, it was kind of a paisley pattern on the back. It so was, like a, and it was orange. No, it was that's, really orange. That's just, yeah, like orange and a couple of pastels. Thrown in. So they knew it was a Vegas secondhand mm-hmm. smoke tumor. Yeah, and it smelled like uh, uh, one of uh, Jackie Vernon's cigars. <laughs> Jackie Vernon. And they did- I love Jackie Vernon. I have a Jackie Vernon reference later in this. Oh, my God. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I know you grew up in York, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. home of the Golden Plow Tavern. Really? Yeah, it wow, seems it- like an ironic, uh, weird name for a historic... Uh, I think maybe that was a, a comment on George Washington's sex life or something. <laughs> the golden plow? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, you these can't tell me they teeth were aren't thinking, fixed. Yeah, they were thinking double entendres back then, weren't they? No, I think it was only single entendres back then. <laughs> okay. But, you know, York, Pennsylvania was the first capital of the United States. Wow, I did not know city. that. Yeah, it was there for a, for a few months, I think. Wow. And it was moved down to Washington because uh, they like the, the mosquitoes better. Oh, well, they're, yeah. yeah, they're they're, they're juicier there because of the Potomac. Oh, yeah. I don't know what they have in, the, in York. I don't know what the body of water is. New have, uh, I think it's the Cadoris Creek. Cadoris Creek, yeah. yeah. The Cadoris Creek is what yeah. we would make fun of when That was doesn't kid. stand up to the... No. <laughs> Cadoris. I, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's chunks floating in it. It's, it's, a, it's a floating river. If you're seven years old and you can't do anything with the word Cadoris, <laughs> you should really get out of kindergarten. A lot of people can't find the Cadoris. <laughs> no, they can't. And even when they can, they don't know how to bend it. Yeah, they're there they, for they a couple really minutes and they leave. don't know where it yeah, like uh, I just I just kind of stand here for a few minutes and take some pictures. <laughs> yeah, what do I do? <laughs> oh my god! So Dallas Town High School, the Wildcats. That is the Wildcats. And then you went to uh, York College, right there in York. <laughs> yes. The uh, wow, well, you got my whole IMDb here. I ch- I chalked it up, baby. I do my research, and then of course, uh, 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 my stat man Jimmy comes in with some things. Uh, they, I think the whenever I hear Spartans. 
I think it needs an adjective like uh, like the smirking Spartans or so, you know <laughs> something. Spartan seems dry to me. Now, did you do any athletics in, I, in high school or college? You know, I did not. I uh, you just said I, that. Pl- I played that. some baseball. I was a I was a good hitter. I couldn't field to save my life. Well, there's guy. Yeah, but DH. Yeah, yeah. got to hang in there. You mean the trucking company? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no, that's DH. DHA. Uh, <laughs> the thing in the American League where all you have to do is hit. Oh. If you'd have just stuck it out, uh, you might have been. You might. Have. <laughs> hey, you know who has? I'm not it? sure though, because I'll be honest with you. What are you, buck thirty? You can't be more than that. Uh, I'm one one twenty five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're probably not taking. And, and I just majors. got over some uh, a stomach flu last week, so I'm probably around one one fifteen. Wow. Yeah, man, that is rail thin, baby. I am. I uh, I can walk through a harp. Uh, it's a, uh, I, ha- I have to gain weight for stuff. It's hard to maintain my weight. It's, people don't know how hard it is to be For living, you have it to is. gain It's not for yeah. a part or anything you like know, that, right? No, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it's not Joe Pesci gaining weight <laughs> for the yeah. Irishman. What do I look like, a thin clown to you? What am I, some sort of thin clown? I, uh, uh, I'm always cold, I'm always hungry, and I can't eat healthy in Los Angeles because I have to eat fast and constantly, so I eat a lot of I'm a fat guy inside. I have a lot of a lot of cholesterol problems. It's like an alley cat. I feel bad. You're, yeah. you're thin. You're cold. Can't find good food. People throwing shoes at me all the time. <laughs> Just hanging out at dumpsters. That's well, sad. We got to get you. Well, then you got to get married. You got a kid. You got a house you go to for warmth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. House for warmth. <laughs> so what's your great? Hey, that's the only thing the house is good. <laughs> what's your greatest athletic moment? Could be anything. Doesn't have to be uh, on a field of play. Could be when you were five years old. Could be yesterday at the market. Uh, what, what's the moment that pops in your head when somebody goes, "Hey, uh, uh, you were you did something once, didn't you?" <laughs> uh, well, uh, I remember once I got beamed in right field because I saw a garter snake. Yikes! Yeah, I was so wait a second. in the snake, and I got hit directly on the head. I could have, I could have, I would have caught it. Yeah, of course. But it's awesome. You, there's nothing, as I always say, a right field, especially in softball, is the one position where you can be in the game and on the bench at the same time. <laughs> but 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 you're you're I actually got a lot of writing out, there, out there, yeah. And you're trying to decipher uh, the uh, type of snake that is approaching you, mm-hmm. and it's the one time the whole game they hit a ball to right field. I think they probably sent the snake out there as a test. Wow. See if I was paying attention. Because I was always looking for snakes. I was the guy looking for snakes instead of playing sports. Oh. And when I finally saw a snake, I'm like, hey, garter snake. And <laughs> bam. Bonk. Yeah. Wow. That's That's, uh... I also tripped in track and field in front of a girl I liked. Oh, wow. Bad wipeout. That was a memorable sports moment for me. I have all these great <laughs> memorable sports <laughs> moments. Well, look, it was over quick and it was over fast, both the track meet and the relationship. Yeah, you, you got to give yourself credit for that. You didn't uh, dawdle. No, and I've know? I've I've not let it get to me uh, over all these decades. That's impressive. Those painful anecdotes, brought to you by Grape Canaveral, the box wine NASA trusts, and beige, the color with no holiday baggage. <laughs> uh, those are great. Uh, those are great athletic moments. So so. Oh, I also uh, took a swing. I I've got memories. a triple. And I uh, threw the bat and hit the catcher in the shoulder. 
Yes. That was a bad move on my part. Yeah, no, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Guy was probably, uh, the, first of all, he probably was the one who released the garter snake, let's be honest. <laughs> and then second, uh, he was probably mouthing off to the entire time because you were rail thin. So he's just some chunky kid behind the plate just sitting there going, all right, uh, Slim, uh, try to get a handle on this one. As he's waiting, you know, because they catcall. They're he like was, He was making fun of my ass. Yeah, they're the heckler. Yeah, it might have been more than that. Yeah, might have something to do with that Cadoris River. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when did you swear? What in high school made you say, "Yeah, forget all that uh, that horn swaggle. I'm going a different way. I'm writing. I'm doing comedy." Did you lock in that early? No. Well, you know what? I I had a sense of humor that formed as a defense mechanism because I was so small. Yeah, and it uh, I was able to ingratiate myself uh, across different bands of the social strata when I was in school. The jocks and the heads and the dirt bags and the brains. I could all get them to laugh at some horrible joke I made. So I could get out of sports and still hang out with the jocks and not get teased too much. But I, there was a point when I saw people getting bigger, and I was like, well, I would never be a – I could be a jockey or maybe a, a driver. But that's Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could drive. You mean I'd like on the golf team? No, no. Oh, 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 you mean drive them to in a sporting event? Yeah, it would be like a good – like a like a, an indie guy. Oh, yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I'm sort of Donica yeah. Patrick sized. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, uh, a lot of those guys are like Ayrton Senna. A lot of people don't remember him, but uh, 130 pounds. Those guys dripping wet. A lot of those guys because they don't want the weight in the car. Right, and you got to be able to fit in the car, and you've got to be able to fit in all those layers of fireproof stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got and and the fire ha- is further from you the thinner you are. Yeah, isn't it? That's why Orson uh, Welles got out of for- Formula yeah, One when sure. he got when he had the chance. It was a sure. smart move. Yeah, sure. He was uh, he was Renault's big guy for a while. <laughs> he <laughs> then was, they got out of racing. You know what? Uh, watching him get out of a Le Car once is one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my sure. life. You know they built those in my hometown. Really? Kenosha, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. I live in Cheddar Falls, Wisconsin now, but yeah, I was from Kenosha, Wisconsin. They built the Renault uh, Le Car. Le Car. Yeah, there, because they merged uh, with American Motors, which means they overtook American Motors. Yes. In order to be the ones to drive the stake into the heart of American Motors. And then it was uh, it was dastardly after that. It was. Nothing and happened. I rarely see Le Cars on the road anymore. Yeah, no, I, that, would be, that would be a collector's item. Yeah, kind of. I think they're valuable. I think yeah, the turbos right. are worth money, but the, the other ones are <laughs> Yeah, not. you're right. There's nothing there. <laughs> There's absolutely nothing in the late car. Uh, uh, that, uh, that little uh, uh, automobile, used automobile tip brought to you by Edibles Rex, the pot brownies for dogs, and Achoo Choo, the train-shaped allergy dose pack for kids. Uh, so you, st- you decide, okay, I-, I can be funny, I'm unifying, pe- I'm getting by. You're not, you, you don't care about unifying people. You care about you getting uh, some friends and, sure. and, and, you know, surviving high school. And, and, mm-hmm. But then you go, you got to think to yourself, wait a second, I kind of sharpened this muscle. What can I do with it? And you well, went to Baltimore. I did. Well, I, I was living in Dallas town where I was from with my folks and I had a friend that talked me into going up to an open mic at Charm City Comedy Club in Baltimore. Yes, that is and the name of it. Even yes. though a lot of people associate Baltimore with uh, death and destruction, yes, it isn't. Uh, there's many fine areas of Baltimore, and the nickname for the city, I believe, is Charm City. Charm City. Yeah. Nothing but charms. Uh, uh, I would go down there because it was the closest city. Well, Harrisburg was closer, but it was there was nothing there. 
Harrisburg, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Wow, Canada. that was closer. Yeah, it was closer. Oh, boy, but we went to Baltimore that. because it was uh, like a real city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, we went to a comedy club. The first her first headliner I ever saw was Rita Rudner, who was just fantastic. Yeah, she, and that, that yeah, that's a great headliner for for uh, someone who, whose strength is writing. Because she just writes jokes. She writes the jokes yeah, and then tells jokes. the jokes and then moves on to the next joke. Yes. <laughs> she doesn't just wait, wait around. Doesn't dawdle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's the theme today. Nobody's dawdling. No today. dawdling? No, even the snake came right at you in right field. Oh, man. Uh, well, you As know what? did the ball. I here's, what I, here's what I do remember about the snake. Red to yellow, kill a fellow. Red to black, venom lack. None of those colors involved. And then I got hit. Oh man! So you so, you were running through. Yeah, your, I had a your... whole rhyme scheme in my head. Oh, this thing's gonna, because Carl Snake. If you get bitten by a Carl Snake, they chew. They have short fangs what? and they chew to get the the venom into you yeah, deeper. Yeah. Wow. And then it's also it uh, neurotoxin. <laughs> wow! Yeah. It's a neurotoxin, it's a neurotoxin too. Now that's it's is that a good thing? No, no, that's a bad thing. So uh, uh, you know. Uh, not to take away from your stand-up career, but this could be life and death for me. The the snake that chews you, the Carl it, snake, the Carl snake. That's how, isn't that a beer from Pennsylvania too? No, you're thinking of the Carl's Junior snake. Oh, Carl's Junior snake. Yeah, they just give that away with a kid's meal. Yeah, okay. you know, if, and it's a live one. A lot of people don't know that. If it doesn't get all over the place, <laughs> don't go to the hospital. Uh, I. Th- well, now, what's your question about the Carl Snake? Sorry, the Carl Snake is what color? Because that's it all. Is. I don't have uh, a, a literati uh, lineup of nine checklists that I have to go through on with your my poisonous snakes. snakes. Yeah, I just want to know the color, Blaine. If, 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 it is red, yellow, black, in that order. No, actually, red, black, yellow. Red, black, yellow. red to yellow. Oh, red to yellow. Oh, it was red, yellow, black. Red to yellow. Kill a fellow. Red to black, venom lack. That's this. this Red to black means it's a safe snake. Yes. I have a snake at home named Mr. Slithers, who is a Mexican milk snake, and he has that opposite pattern. Wow. But they have that pattern so that they look poisonous, and other animals who don't know the rhyme will leave them alone. Now, do you want us to cut that out? Because I don't want ice coming in your house. (laughs) Taking your snake away, because those guys will take anything. Well, you know, uh, I think my snake has his papers. Oh, good. Yeah, he was born here. Mr. Slithers. Mr. Slithers. <laughs> He's got a great name. Yeah, well, it's, it's, he changed it for show business. And is he poisonous? Because then I'd just let him loose on anybody who came to try to get him. <laughs> no, he's Yeah, not. go ahead. No, my snake's in the back if you got it. Yeah. He's very friendly. He's <laughs> yeah, a good if you're snake. deporting him. Yeah, he's just running loose. Just go in and grab him. I just let him kind of hang out. <laughs> oh, here he is on the shower rod. <laughs> no, he's, he's very nice. He's never bitten me. Wow! I, need to be, I sound like a I sound like a dweeb talking about snakes. No, and no, I, no. This is a, it's the only a, pet I have right now, no and cat. it's a safe space because there there are no lying shots about to hit you in the temple, <sighs> so you can talk snakes all you want in here. Oh my God! So that yeah, yeah that's Goink. A, it has uh, shaped your life because you got a snake now, mm-hmm. and uh, and you don't you're not really into baseball. Well, maybe the Orioles. You follow the Orioles a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I went to a game at Camden Yards right before I moved. What would you think? Because uh, that was the original new old style yes. ballpark. I you know I liked it. It was nice. I saw Cal Ripken play, which was which was great. Yeah. Uh, now did he uh, did he have the hearing aid by then? Because he was pretty old his last couple of years. He was. I do yeah. not know if he had the hearing aid at that point. Hard I, to see. He had one of those big old timey tubes. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, sure. And a wooden wheelchair and a blanket on his lap like FDR. <laughs> sure. But other than that, he was yeah, good. Still, hustle. 
Great goes. range at Re- third base. Amazing. Killer range, even in a wheelchair. And and just just a tasteful player. Just a tasteful <laughs> sure. man, a polite man. He had a, the plaid on his blanket was uh, orange and black, so it blended with the Orioles uniform. And you would also know that he wasn't poisonous. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, red to black. Yeah. Uh, fade to heck. No, Cap- what was the thing? Red to black. Uh, red to black. Venom, Venom black. black. Yeah. Venom black. I'm going to so, remember all this. So Cal Ripken, non-poisonous, uh, but uh, <laughs> a Boog Powell, highly venomous. Oh, highly okay. venomous. Yeah, and yeah, he would boog. chew it into you, too. Oh, he, he would just get on there. Sure, yeah. He's a big guy. He could get down on your neck, too. He, he didn't have to just bite your ankle. You know, uh, and I don't want to get into Brooks Robinson. Oh, no, you don't even want to. No, don't touch that. Yeah, I won't. No, no, no. He's He's revered. In Baltimore. Don't go anywhere near that with a joke or a snake. <laughs> we'll not touch him. No, that advice brought to you by Southern Comforter, the liquor-scented bedspread, sweet dreams with Southern Comforter. Now, uh, so you start to st- do stand-up. It catches. You're like, I'm, uh, I got this. Mm-hmm. I got a little uh, acumen here. I got a little affinity for this. Mm-hmm. When did you get out to L.A. and decide and wind up with that Oswald kid? <laughs> he wrote with him for a while. Uh, you know, I met Patton when I was doing... I was hosting an open mic in Washington, D.C., and Patton was doing his first open mic, and we just became friends. He did a Harlan Ellison joke. And, uh, and we, you bonded forever. Bonded. Yeah. Yes. That's the sci-fi writer. That is. Yeah. His he next walked, villain will be a snake that is venomous, <laughs> but does go a red to black, just to fuck with people. Oh. Uh, yeah, I did a little Lewis Black there myself. Yeah. That was scary. Lewis Black, Venom Lack. <laughs> no, that guy's full of venom, sure. that Lewis. Red Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not working for 500 people. Uh, Patton, and, uh, uh, Patton and I both moved to San Francisco back in 92. We moved it. We from? knew we had to, I was from Baltimore. He was from D.C. We knew we had to get away from there because the whole, the boom was over and everything was kind of closing up. All the clubs yeah, yeah, were going yeah. away. I knew I needed to get into L.A. or New York or something, and I figured if I went to San Francisco, it would be like finishing school. I always knew San Francisco was a big comedy town. Yeah. Like, all my heroes were from there. There's a big underground, like, a, a back legend there. So, it was Who's a good place heroes? to go to. Who'd you watch? When I that, wa- yeah, when, after you started, because you started by being a wise guy, and that worked, and you said, I, I got something here. But then, yeah, well, you watched some guys, you know, it shaped you. Well, you know, uh, there were guys that came through town. I would always go to Charm City, and it was like an A club. So I saw Bill Hicks, and I oh, saw yeah. I saw Rita Rudner, and I saw Kevin Meany, and Rosie O'Donnell, and, yeah. and uh, Jonathan Katz, and and Wayne Cotter. Yeah, you know all these all these old time pe- people. You know these yellowed headshot names of now, but <laughs> right, right. back at the time, it was. I mean, I saw Hicks when he was still drinking. Yeah, and I would watch like half the crowd just get up and leave. Because yeah. they were so offended at stuff that would not, you know, get a second look these days. So you picked all that up and then said, uh, with your buddy, Pat Oswalt, you go to San Francisco. And then uh, that all starts to grow. Who do you meet in San Francisco that helps you get down to L.A.? Uh, in San Francisco, I think we just got good and weird. We wrote some... Pat- That's a great city for that. It is. For, it's, for it's good and weird. It's it's more weird than good. But it's it's also very good and weird. But uh, we would write, uh, we wrote these little short films and they got made uh, into this thing called uh, uh, Food for Thought. And it was on Small Doses, which was a, a Comedy Central show. It was like a show of mini pilots. And Pat and I played uh, grocery clerks. It was kind of pre-clerks. Uh-huh. It was just two guys trying to pass the time working at a 24-hour grocery store. And that got us management. And then we 
the management got us into uh, got us hired on the Mad TV pilot, oh. and so we moved down here for the pilot. And when the pilot got picked up, it was a just a, a relief. Now, what kind of rocket ship ride was Mad TV? Because I can only imagine that that there's got to be some pressure there. First of all, you got crazy executive producers like Quincy Jones. Was Quincy was there, yeah. Uh, plus, people are going, finally competition SNL. Finally competition SNL. I mean, you know, in that SNL thing, did that ever come into play? Or did, were you guys able to block that out and just go, look, we just got to kind of write some sketches here? You know, I think at the very beginning they were they had SNL in their sights and they wanted to they even wanted to do sketches where they talked about SNL getting suicidal or being worried about stuff. And we had to argue that if you waste time on our show talking about somebody else's show, that's free press. Right. Just, let's right. just do our own thing and and it turned into it turned into something good, I think. Yeah, you would have been the Baker Mayfield of the late night uh sketch shows if you'd have cat called SNL. What's the point? Yeah. You know, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Why waste your time? Now, were you and Patton able to argue that successfully? Because you're kind of the new guys. We were so, the new guys, yes. So you had to walk in, and they're all excited. Then you have to go. Uh, hang on. Well, you know, on the on the pilot, we had we had some heavy hitters on the pilot. We had uh, David Cross was there, Rob sure. Cohen, some good guys. And uh, so you got kind of got together and went, "Ooh, that's a bad idea." The yeah, I, I think I think they sort of. They got away from that as the show started to get made. They realized, yeah, let's, let's just do our own thing. Yeah, not yeah. worry about them. Favorite sketch from Mad TV that you did? That I did? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kenny Rogers Roasters. It was uh, Will Sasso as Kenny yes! Rogers. You remember that one? I do. And uh, the whole joke was that he has he has the white hair and the white beard and the white outfit, and he's got a barbecue place. He just got sauce all over him. It's just sauce all over everything. That was the joke. But then Will great. Sasso did this Kenny Rogers, this cartoonish Kenny Rogers that was way over the top, yeah. and it became this this thing that people wanted to do. You just did not want to not watch yeah, right. Will Sasso being Kenny Rogers. There's some talent there. Did you uh, cross paths with the uh, the Ike Barinholtz kid over there? Or is he I, think Ike came, I think Ike came in after I left. I was only there for the first four seasons. First four seasons. That's still a long time, four yeah. seasons. Yeah. And then you wind up Great working with, like, uh, Maria Bamford and that uh, Melinda Hill gal, didn't you do mm-hmm. some? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's well, two different kinds of brilliant insanity. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Well, and they, you were, like, hosting a show with them or something. Why well, they had a, a, a venue called Tiger Lily, which was in Gower Gulch, down at, you know, the uh, where the Denny's is. I don't want to get too local. <laughs> wow, but, Gower Gulch by the Denny's. Uh, but the uh, That's, uh, that runs right next to the Cadoris. <laughs> we would uh, uh, I would just host an open mic there, not an open mic, but just a showcase there for a few years, and and uh, uh, which was good because it was fun. It kept me in shape, and I got to meet all these people coming through town because people would come in from New York or wherever. Say, like, hey, where can I get up before I do a set someplace? So I got to meet a lot of cool people. So 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 now you're here. You're writing and you're performing. Do you have ever have a thought in your head? Does like uh, I got to make a choice, or do you think to yourself, I can do both? Yeah. Well, it's hard to do stand up when you're writing because Why is when, that? because when you're because if you have an office gig, if I'm in an office all day and then okay, I work till six or seven, then I go home. I d- I don't want to go yeah. out anymore. No. I just and that's with a good boss, six or seven. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure, a lot of nights there were nine, ten. Yeah, I worked midnight. on I worked on Mind of Mencia, and I had oh brother. Yeah, yeah, that's got a sting. You want to cut that out? Can we cut that out? <laughs> uh, but I, I I did a couple of nights there till like four four thirty in the morning. Yeah, where that's we were a just rough writing one. sketches, drinking tequila, trying to 
<laughs> knowing that it was going to get shot down at the reed the next day. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, no, there's, there isn't even a glimmer of a window of hope to go out and do stand-up <laughs> at that point. No, no, no. Because you'd actually have to come back to finish the, yeah, the writing job. The other thing, too, is like you would – is writing a thing is different from stand-up. And then, okay, I have to close this window, and then I have to open this window. I just don't – yeah, yeah. I just it's, don't want to. I little, just don't feel like it. A little bit of a different toolbox. Yeah, a comedy. It's not the comedy is a young man's game, but it's it is kind of a young man's game. The, the the love of getting out and seeing comics in clubs, even when you're not on the show, goes away after a while. Right. Yeah. I mean, I talked about this with you know Greg Barrett. Yes. I talked about this. Got to get Greg. him on the show. Make a note of that. Greg is great. My producer Gary's writing feverishly uh, <laughs> as we talk. I, oh, oh, you misspelled feverishly. <laughs> uh, Barrett. Let alone Barrett. <laughs> oh, oh my God, he would. He said that. Uh, he said the comedy is just an evolution of going out every night to see comedy, whether you're on the show or not. Then you only go to only you only go out when you're on the show. Then if you get a show, you try to figure out how to get out of it. That's that's the evolution <laughs> that's of it. Oh I'm God! I have to go out tonight. In LA. <laughs> oh geez, I have an eleven o'clock at the Improv. I'm oh. out of way. I'm in my 50s. I have a kid. I just want to be at home. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of passions of yours. Uh, uh, these will be sponsored by My Pillow Case. Make any pillow your pillow with My Pillow Case. And Emerald Beauty Cream, the therapeutic skin cream made exclusively from Wisconsin pond scum. Lucha Vavoom! This is a thing you've been doing, and you're still doing, correct? It's still cruising here. Yes, it's 17 years now. This is a this masked is a sport- wrestling, first of all. It's as sportsy as I get, I think. And it's uh, it's truly gender-neutral wrestling with the masks. It and is. if you wear a top, then they can't tell. So you were way ahead of your time. Which you've one's been doing this 20-plus tw- years. Yeah. And I explain to people, because uh, it's a combination. Well... Yeah, go ahead. You're uh, do well, Lucha Vavum, it's, it's That a, was the pause in which... Uh, <laughs> I was actually, yeah, I don't finish sentences. I just leave giant pauses until people go, I better pick this the, up. The three dots be, uh, behind you lit up. Uh, Lucha, I don't have an applause time. I have an ellipsis. Yeah. Uh, dot, dot, dot. Uh, Lucha is uh, Mexican wrestling, Lucha Libre, and burlesque in between the matches. And then I host it, and I do the the commentary on the matches. We have a guest. It's usually Jeff Davis or Andy Richter or Karen Kilgariff, somebody like that. And uh, people, yeah. And we just we just uh, crack wise, just do just kind between of, uh, wrestling matches yeah, during the matches. Yeah. Oh, that's impressive. And it's very. It's so much fun. So much fun. I, I never plug shows that I'm on, but if you can see Lucha Vavum, you should see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's and a the great mix. And they say it's it's, it's like paced like crazy. It's insanely paced. It's so fast. And uh, uh, Rita D. Albert, who produces it, keeps it really, really fresh, keeps all the acts uh, uh, very colorful and vibrant. I mean, like 2,000 people show up. They're all in costume. Wow. The the wrestlers are super into it. It's one big cartoon. It's The, the Lucha Libre is is different from the American wrestling. It's not as aggro. It's not as alpha. And right, Violent right. and, you know, yeah, whoa, yeah, yeah. yelling and blood and stuff. This is all cartoon stuff. It's all... Family safe, pretty it's much. Definitely entertainment. It, it's super it's entertainment. yeah, yeah. It's it's all entertainment. Man, that sounds like fun. I got to go. I, I think you got and some I am, coming up. Uh, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is yeah, the yeah. next one. Yes, uh, and I am not down on American wrestling at all. Please do not think I'm down on any oh, yeah. wrestling. I don't it's have any of those different kind of anyway. So we're not going to get any letters. <laughs> okay, <good. laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, it's a different kind of a scripted 
uh, entertainment. Yeah, it's a QUE fabe instead of K fabe. It's like a K fabe. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and nerd poker. This oh. sounds like fun to me. Oh, well, this was. This, this was is Brian what? Posehn. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, you pop on and mm-hmm. you do, uh, you don't actually play poker. You no. do other, you, you do like Dungeons and no, Dragons. No, we, we play Dungeons and Dragons. That's impressive. Which is just poker for nerds. That is, is that what it is? Yeah, did you, poker. when did you think, when, who came up, who came up with that thought? That's a brilliant thought that it's well, poker for nerds. Well, we started playing D&D again, I guess, around 2000, 2001. Uh, and it was me and Brian, Pat and Oswald, uh, uh, Jerry Duggan, Ken Daly. Uh, we found a dungeon master named Sark, who's like a video game walkthrough lord. And, uh, <laughs> And we were all adults who played D&D. We were all like, hey, we should get a game together. So we started, at the time, we didn't have kids, and our wives were cool with it. So we would get together, maybe, like Chris Hardwick was there. We'd get together in Hardwick's office on a Sunday and play for six or seven hours. Wow. We, we did it for years. And we wanted to do it on a show. It never really worked. And then Posehn was like, let's just put it on the air, make a podcast out of it. And we've been doing that for years and years. And you're still doing it. Yeah. That's every, impressive. I'm doing it tonight, two episodes tonight. Wow. Now, uh, what do you make of of the monetization of gaming into like a big uh, television production? They got these show. These kids are making millions of dollars uh, playing games on TV. Sponsored, I assume. That's where they get the money. Uh, did you ever think, I wish that was around like 20 years ago, I could have made a gazillion dollars? Yeah, I wonder if I could have been like gone pro-Galaga at some point. <laughs> sure, I remember Galaga. Yeah, but it's like, where's the, where's the where, do you do, where do you go from there? It's like, hey, I'm the best Zaxxon player in, in Maryland. <laughs> what am I going to do? How do I, you know, how do I cash this in? What am I going to retire a big house? Oh, that's the Zaxxon guy's house. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, press the press the buzzer and his his valet will come out. Tell us to <laughs> and shoe us. Wow! But hey, it's, uh, the kids are doing it. I mean, it's they just are. crazy to me. Yeah, that's well. Our, our, uh, Sark, if your kid got into it, would you would you encourage he, it or would you try to steer him a different way? He loves it. He plays. Uh, he's into Super Mario right now, and he Super and Donkey Mario, Kong yeah, Country. Yeah. Uh, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings yesterday. Am I allowed to say that on the air? Yeah, Buffalo Wild sure. Wings. Because uh, he wants to, he, they have little video games there for the kids, and we went there, and they don't have the video games anymore, and he just was despised. Yeah, why? Yeah. You're not sitting there for the wings. Let's be honest. Oh my god. Yeah, there were like 50 TVs on. It was like being at the. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, it's like being in the emergency room. It really is. <laughs> just ex- fortunately, you're not physically hurt yet, but your head's starting to hurt. More TV screens than J.J. Abrams' bathroom. <laughs> Like there's so much wow. lens flare in Is here. Is that where he does his writing? I, I didn't know that. It's See, a walk-in. You, you Hollywood insiders. <laughs> you got the stuff. Listen to me. Uh, you're a guitar guy, too. I got to touch on this before we move. You play? I do play. That is, uh, man, the agility for that is way beyond me. I could uh, maybe get one of the two hands. <laughs> it's uh, It definitely uh, it, it gets slower as you get older, I find. It does it? Yeah, I'm in a bad way. into the ballads a, now? <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, I, think, uh, uh, I think my friend Leonard Cohen might have said it best <laughs> with this one. But, like, I'm in a band with uh, other guys. I think the youngest guy is in his late 30s. Wow. You know, and I just, and I don't know if you saw Billy Eilish didn't know who Van Halen was on uh, Kimmel the other night. Wow. She's getting dragged today. F- because, because time marches on and people forget yeah. things. Yeah. 
Yeah, time marched on for Van Halen because they they, they passed right by David Lee Roth. They oh. and he then he tried to make a comeback. I heard, I saw heard a little bit of him on TV, and uh, he uh, he had some pitch problems. I'm not much oh. of a musician, but I know the pitch thing. Uh, when the guitar players are playing in one key. Uh, the singer sh- should be in that key, correct? <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, that wasn't happening when I yeah. said yeah. I think Dave, I think Dave, uh, I don't know why I want to talk about David Lee Roth. <laughs> nah, let's he was see. a great front man back in, he the, was. Day, back in the day. He was, he was the great epitome band. of rock and roll front man. He was. He was the best. And we'll leave it at that. All right, listen to me. I uh, got a bonafide, hilarious, working comic and writer with me. Time for Advice Corner. Actual takeaway from the great Blaine Capatch. Blaine, you never know. Uh, you were a kid once. You're sitting here listening to uh, people on the radio or the television, and you're thinking to yourself, hey, they just said something that might help me uh, uh, make it in this business. So we're, I'm going to ask you some legit questions, and uh, we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, you, you've done road work, right? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Your best travel tip. My best travel tip, uh, pack the night before, and then uh, when you wake up the next day, get rid of half of it. What? <laughs> Just, it doesn't even matter which half. Yeah. Just go into The suitcase half. half. <laughs> yeah. If you think you've overpacked. Oh, here's another one. Uh, uh, if you think you're Bonus! Going too, you think you're going too fast? Uh, if you think you're going too slow, slow down. Wow. Interesting. You mean like if you're out of town driving a rental car? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's smart because those cops, yeah, those are Dallas town sheriffs. Oh, those bastards. I think I still think Sergeant Adams killed Cheesy Snyder <laughs> doing local stuff. Yeah, I'm going to leave that right there. That, that stays on the banks of the Cadoras <laughs> <laughs> if they have banks. <laughs> Good way get... to pop the tension in a writer's room. You've been in a ton of writers' room. You've written for Chris Hardwick on at, mm-hmm. uh, at Midnight. You've been on At Midnight. You've been on Mad TV. Everything in between. Hey, when there's tension in a writers' room, do you take it upon yourself to do it, or is there somebody there that that you kind of rely on to pop the bubble? I usually have some pies with me, oh, and if it if it gets a little tense, I just take it out and go huh? right in my own face. <laughs> that way, wow. I don't mess up anybody else's clothes. Wow! Everybody goes ah. We shouldn't be fighting. We should be watching Blaine hit himself in the face with a pie. Wow. I, That's selfless. It is. I think Gandhi would have stopped short of that. That's impressive. You know, he used to carry uh, some hostess, uh, like those. Gandhi those and just smash him into his forehead? Pies, yeah. Wow. First they, first they. It's not commitment. You got to have the whole pie like Blaine Capatch. First they ignore you. Then they ridicule you. Then they fight you. Then you win. Then they eat your pie. Oh, I love it. That's a Gandhi thing. I have a tattoo. It's on my back. It's I'm not taking my shirt off, though. Tomorrow. No, no, no. We'll see it after after we finish the podcast. Uh, best thing to do if you know a show you're on is uh, hitting the skids. It's kind of on the outs. If you're a young, if there's a young writer out there who's panicking, they're in a room, they think the show's going to tank. Uh, what's the best thing they can do? Well, uh, start looking for another job, and when you get it, quit. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's kind of like it's it's like a, in any relationship, you got to get a prebound, a, a prebound, a prebound. It's like, hey, who am I going to leave this person for? Wow, I need to leave this person for somebody because I can't leave them until I have a, a gig. So build that safety net mm-hmm. on say day two or three of your actual yeah. job. Yes. Okay. But in but for real though, I would say uh, uh, serve the show until the last day. Always be a good worker. That's great advice because that that'll follow you. If yes. you don't, that's they're going to say the kid quit. 
if you're a dick on a show, people will say, oh, that guy was a dick in the room. Yeah. And that's going to, that's going to, don't want to be a dick in the room. What's your, what's your writing pride? What's your writing warm up? What would you recommend if somebody's having trouble finding some discipline to get into stand up writing? Uh, you know what? I like Twitter because Twitter makes you be concise and you don't have to worry about punctuation, which is a problem <laughs> for a lot of people. Uh, I would just say, uh, watch comedy and think about what they're doing. And, uh, hey, how would I do something like that? It's like I, it's never too – you're never too old to be influenced by another right, comedian. Right, Like uh, uh, Like I, I watch John Mulaney clips, and he makes me want to be a comedian. It's right, that kind right. of a thing. So you just watch people, and you go, oh, I just want to be funny. And your so, brain yeah. will do stuff while you're not even thinking. Right, that's true. That's a Mike Nichols thing. Back in the head mm-hmm. is, is percolating all the time. Your brain will write stuff, and then you sit up in the middle of the night, and you go, ah, wrecked him, hell, it killed him. Perfect. I did it. Your brain's always doing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 great advice. If you if you're in a lull, watch someone who's not in a lull. Yeah, and, and it'll help you get out of. Go lull. to a comedy club, and you, you'll go. Ah, oh, I wish I was up there. I need some material. Yeah, and then your brain some, will write material. That's fantastic. Uh, finally, tip for networking: if you're not a natural networker, uh, you know, if you're not one of those people uh, persons. Uh, and I'm guessing you may have had some some issues with that coming into the biz. Uh, who do you, how do you get over that? What's a good way to try to go? Oh, I got to go out in this room and try to meet people. Are you talking about writing or stand up? I'd say either. Hmm. Gee, I don't know. I've always been very outgoing. I've never had a problem with shyness. I know there are a lot of people that are a lot of writers that are. I'm always surprised when comedy writers aren't comedians, which is, I, I guess, it's a, a a door that I have in my head that I close. But I, and not that I think that writers that aren't comedians are less funny. But I'm always surprised when people can't perform. Yeah, I'm always surprised because it it just comes naturally for me. I've got center of attention deficit disorder, so I always, <laughs> I'm always doing something. But when people are like, "Oh, if I got up in front of a crowd, I would lose my mind." Right, right. So I, I, I really don't know what to do. If you can't do stand up and you're right, I guess you just keep writing. Yeah. And now there's so much, there's so much, uh, there's so many outlets online that you can just get your writing out there. And if, and if it, if people see it and they like it, they'll hire you. That's but, good. Yeah. It, there's really nothing else I can, there's nothing I can, I can't do nothing for you, man. I like to say pretend, pretend you're confident. Sometimes yeah. that works. Just well, fake it. Yeah, it's like uh, like well, yeah, it's like walking up to a pretty girl in high school. You got to fake it at some point if you're not confident naturally. Yeah. Well, you know, there there was maybe a, good things will happen. Uh, I was working on the Jamie Kennedy experiment. Yeah, funny a show. Another prank show. Yeah, another funny show. And uh, uh, Jamie was really funny. He's a funny guy. And uh, uh, but when he had to do like the the boilerplate hosting stuff for the show, like, hey, welcome to the show. I'm Jamie Kennedy, and today we're going to watch this, and then this thing's going to happen. And it was so wooden and not fun, but it was like, hey, why don't you just have a character where you act like you're the host of a show? <laughs> like you act like, hey, Sir. make yourself a, a cartoon character. And it worked. And it totally works. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah, just act, I'm Blaine Capach, normal guy. Now I'm Blaine Capach, comedian. That's impressive. That's a good way to think. That's a good switch yeah. in the brain. That advice corner brought to you by U Drive, the app that lets you rent your own car to take you wherever you want to go. And eavesdroppings, the adult diaper for those unexpectedly <laughs> long snooping sessions. Now it finally it's time for the fiery four. 
Our sports takes hotter than a Jeff Ross historical roast of Aaron Burr. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You said hot, but then you said Burr. <laughs> now that's sharp. Right, That's fast right there. Fire number one. Your Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I'm assuming they're still your Baltimore Ravens and you didn't follow with the Colts when they left Baltimore. Nevermore. Nevermore. So yeah, there you go. Uh, they look for real. They just took they down do. the 49ers last uh, last night. And uh, do you think they could make the Super Bowl? The Baltimore Ravens with the crazy running quarterback, Lamar Jackson. That's all he does. Well, were he throws, the, but he runs. Were they in the Super Bowl before? Yes. They were. And with they, Joe Flacco. Right. Okay. And I think uh, I think they could do it. Yeah, I, I think they got a shot. Yeah. I think they're hungry. They've never won a Super Bowl, right? I Did they win? Oh, brother. I should know these guys. But, you know, I don't work professional events. I work uh, third-tier events, and I'm happy to do so. It provides me a living. I have the non-sled sledding championships coming up. And, of course, (laughs) in February is the big uh, international. I'm the voice of international speed fishing, which, if you don't know, is a combination of of, uh, speed skating and ice fishing. So it's a team event. You have to skate around a hole, and I'll explain more later. Uh, Baltimore Ravens were NFL uh, champs in 2001 and 2000. Are you kidding me? They've got two Super Bowls? What? That's crazy. Wait a minute. That's insane. Wow. I I, th- I would wager most people in Baltimore don't even know that. <laughs> Fire number two. I almost caught Gary by surprise there. Patriots lose another game they lost last night. That to now they're ten and two. Greenland's melting. Is it the end of days? The Patriots have lost two games. Is Tom Brady done? Is he over? Is Bill Belichick kids? Is it all over? He's the guy that yells, right? Bill Belichick. No, he's the happy guy. Bill Belichick is the taciturn guy. Oh, he's the guy who's always frowning, like, like yes, a, like you disappointed him. Yes, as a father. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. Nick Saban is the shouty guy at Alabama. He's oh, the, okay, okay. He's the one who's broken 43 headphones already just this year. <laughs> just by yelling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my headphones. <laughs> they run down his back to get away from him. <laughs> but they're clipped to him, so they can, yeah, forget it. Fire number three. Which college, speaking of, or NFL coach would make a good stand-up? Because Bill Belichick, to me, has that Jackie Vernon dryness. He's got that 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 like a taciturn that uh, uh, you don't know if it's a bit or not. Is he being grumpy on purpose, or is he really an asshole? Yes. Yeah. That, which is what people often say uh, when they when they watch uh, like a, like a Bill Maher or Dennis Miller, the guys who kind of pull off that crankiness. Yeah. I think Bill Belichick could uh, could do that. Is there any other coaches out there of any sport that you think would be a good uh, a good stand-up? I don't know about a coach. I think Nicky Lauda would have been a great stand-up. Oh, the uh, yeah. the Formula One racer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's now, a, why is that? I don't know. I just think he, he he's a... Uh, uh, he's why him and not Jochen Rint? <laughs> <laughs> why Nicky Lauda? Uh, well, you know what? I saw him... He used to do a, a comedy team with uh, Kiki Raikkonen. <laughs> and it was... Uh, they they would do uh, Who's on Last? It was sort of like a twist. Yeah. Sure, because he had uh, the lineups in Formula One. If you were in the last row, you had the worst chance of winning. Exactly. Who's on last? I love it. So you're going with uh, Nikki Lauda. I like going it. Nikki Lauda. And finally, fire number four. When is choreographed wrestling getting in the Olympics? 
They got ice skaters in China. They're trying to make a meal of that Russian saber dance. Why not uh, wrestling? It's as much athletics and show business as as uh, a lot of the ice skating. I think wrestling should be in like Lucha Libre and, Lu- and Lucha Vavum. Huh. I would. I wonder if that could. Why what? not? I w- because well, because I I can't say it, but it's fake. <laughs> it's all fake, well. Right? Ice skating is real. It's fake too, in the sense that they're just pretending uh, to uh, enjoy themselves. <laughs> I mean, well, they can't really be enjoying that. Well, I would like. Then why don't we have the wrestlers on skates? Ooh, hey! That way they've got to have style. They're they're doing something, but they they choreograph wrestling their fights. on skates on a, on a curling uh, up back and forth. Oh man, lucha vabrum, <laughs> huh? I think I got something there. I think we just got booked in Hull. <laughs> Hull. He repeated for emphasis. Hull. That fiery four brought to you by Waiting in Vain. In a long line, call Waiting in Vain and give plasma when you want. Now, I understand you may have a pop quiz for me. This is the great Blaine Kapatch here. Uh, he's got three questions, but we have a theme song for the pop quiz. This, folks, is where my guest asks Three questions of me, like a trivia questions that have factual answers. And then I try to guess them. I uh, won last week, I think. I'm 6, 79, and 3 now overall, which is not a great batting percentage. But uh, I'm 1, 1, and 1, I think, my last three. So okay. I'm on fire. Let's hear the theme song. Boom, pop, pop, quiz. That always gets that response, that exact response. That's fantastic. <laughs> I like that. No notes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no accompaniment. No wasting. No guitarist behind me trying to impress people. <laughs> trying to get laid. Just yeah, me. <laughs> that's good. It, it doesn't sound like like a, somebody warming up at Sam Ash. <laughs> so yeah, somebody's drum tuning ritual. I went to the guitar center a couple of months ago, and there was a guy. And he was, I walked in, and he was tuning up a Jaguar. And I went, I looked through the entire store. I went down into the vintage room. I'm looking at the guitars. I played a couple guitars, and I went to leave. And the guy, like 15 minutes of tuning up. I could not work there. No. Couldn't work there. The turnover's got to be amazing at the Guitar Center. Yeah, yeah. They, they use the same anti-suicide uh, prevention things that the Chinese uh, phone factories use. Yeah, they have those nets outside yeah. the snack bar. It's only a, it's a one, one story. They still have the nets. Yeah. What a story. <laughs> All right, pop quiz. Here we go. Hey, uh, Blaine here's, a, here's kind of an easy one. Uh, what inspired the inventor of Velcro to invent Velcro? Oh, boy, it's got to be something with a latch and a hook. A latch and a hook. Door, door, door lock. You mean like a latch key kid? <laughs> no, no, no. Like a circular, uh, like a, something you get, like a fish hook pulling on a line. I don't know. Something mm. like that. Well, he Hook, was... line, and sinker. I don't know what I got. Oh, that's a good, that's one of our sponsors, though, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> As close, but absolutely not right at all. Damn it! What Uh, was it? He came back from a hike, and he found a seed pod connected to his sock with a burr. Oh, yeah! Speaking of burr. Sure! And the uh, the little hooks on the burrs would get caught to animal fur and spread the seeds around. And he got the idea for the uh, the hook 
Sure. So I got that wrong. But uh, our third Burr reference of the podcast. Yeah. And all three different. Yeah. We had Aaron Burr, and then we had Burr Cold, and then and now the Burr uh, Hook. It is. It's, a, it's the gauntlet. Wow. Let's fucking see NPR do that. <laughs> yeah. Your move, Warren Olney. <laughs> all right. Hey, let's. Uh, uh, here's your second question. You ready, Chet? Yes. This is a uh, this is a local one. All right, and it's based on something we talked about earlier. I'm game. Why is Gower Gulch called Gower Gulch? Gower Gulch is called Gower Gulch because that's where they filmed uh, a lot of westerns uh, back in the twenties. Wow, that's exactly right. Holy crap, Almighty! That was a wild guess. Wow, I'm one and one. I got a shot at this, Gary. <laughs> you know when you know, I- Gary came back in the room, just thought <laughs> I can't even leave. He's going to lose these. Wait. When uh, when I worked on Mad, we shot uh, some of the episodes at Sunset Gower Studios, sure. which is down there at Gower Gulch. And uh, I went up into the the rafters on the catwalks, and I was looking around. And uh, up in the rafters, there's graffiti from the 20s and 30s and 40s guys uh, that were working on those westerns. It's so cool. Carve stuff into all the wood up there. Sure. Fire trap. Fire trap. <laughs> fire trap. But wow, what a fire trap! Uh, gorgeous fire trap. <laughs> you go. Wait a second. I smell something burning, but that's Tom Mix's signature. <laughs> All right, go for it. This All is right. a rubber question. I got a shot at this. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is the last one. Chet? Yes, sir. Who was the movie Stripes originally written for? Oh, boy. Wound up with Bill Murray. Can you imagine anybody else in that? Good Lord. Let me think. Right around then, Stripes. Oh, uh, I'll just go Belushi. I'll try Belushi. Nope. Ah, damn it. Cheech and Chong. Oh, that makes some sense. Yes, it does. That would be the one remake I would want to see. I would love to see it with Cheech and Chong. Yeah. That, that all, uh, uh, I think they couldn't do it because they were doing the Corsican Brothers. They turned oh. it down to do the Corsican Brothers. Yeah, sure. Which was great. And... Uh, <laughs> But the uh, if you watch Stripes, there's that there's that point when they graduate from boot camp, and then all of a sudden they go to Europe, and they're in that that big RV with the yeah. missiles on it. And yeah, stuff. it's like a different movie. Yeah, that's what they had to do to fix it when Cheech and Chong couldn't do it. Oh. They had to do a big rewrite. Wow. So we'll talk about your 4:30 a.m. nights with tequila. Oh Jesus! That's the, what if we put them in Europe in an RV? Good enough. <laughs> Blaine, write that up. I'm going home. (laughs) Oh, but I went slam. (laughs) Oh, brother, I wanted to. I lost that one, too. That pop quiz brought to you by Ice Cream Scones. Get the drier, thicker cone you've always wanted with Ice Cream Scones. And Talkaholics. Get addicted to dryness with Talkaholics. My guest today, the hilarious Blaine Kapatch. Follow Blaine on Twitter, and I mean follow him. He's funny. At Blaine Kapatch, Lucha Vavoom, this coming Valentine's Day in Los Angeles. Where? What's the venue? Do you guys know yet? It's at the Mayan Theater downtown. Oh, that's going to be great. And podcast, what do you do? You're doing the, uh, uh, the Nerd Poker? Nerd Poker. And where can people find that anywhere? Uh, on the internet, I On believe. the internet? Yeah. Uh, but okay, that, that's that big thing that people are always telling me about. Blaine, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you, Chad. Hey, would it be a would it be a, a rude of me to mention some of my sponsors? No, go for it. Uh, I'm brought to you this afternoon by Swiffer. When you don't really feel like cleaning anything, don't really clean anything with Swiffer. I like also it. Brought to you by Wet Idea Perspirant and Odorant. If you're ready to get sweaty, get wetty. <laughs> now you're getting the Wet Idea. Wet Idea. And Heyos, the frosted oat cereal with little marshmallow Ed McMahon's. I like it. Yeah, if you think it's a part of this balanced breakfast, you are correct, sir. 
Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse. Follow my comedian buddy at Real Jeff Cesario. Visit JeffCesario.com. Got an album coming out. Thinking is hard. It's coming out soon. Thanks to all of you for listening. Support my sponsor, All Things Comedy. Google it and never worry about laughing again. Blaine Kapatch, what a guest. Hey, listen, Blaine and everybody out there, if you want more of me this weekend, I'll be in York, Pennsylvania at the Golden Plow Tavern calling the Blindfolded Darts Invitational with blindfolded darts the owls have it this is chet waterhouse reminding you to play with pain